So this is a very special episode of the Council Connection. I am your host, Fabian Vicks, and I'm going to dedicate this this podcast to my mom. Um, those that follow me on the, on the Twitter and Facebook, um, she passed away um, this morning. It's Thanksgiving when I recorded it. I'm just going to talk about the different ways that she's impacted me and what she meant to me and I know it's not a traditional episode but we're also going to talk about grief and it's not going to be a final thought or anything like that it's just going to be um, this is my final thought because she's gone and this is the part of the show I said let's go It's not gonna be a, a traditional form that I do my podcast in. Um, you know, I might have two, three segments, then housekeeping and final thought. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go as the flow um, hits me, and just wanna talk about a story about Carolyn Vicks. Um, if, for those that listen and follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Um, Y'all don't know this about me, but when I was born, I was um, somebody. I was real sick when I was a baby. I was in the hospital for my first six months. And let me back up a little bit. January 1974. I think it's 74. There's this little baby born named Roger Vicks Jr., RJ. Um, four days later, he passed away. Um, I never got a chance to talk about what happened to him when he died. I never knew about him until my parents just took him to his graveside. He, I had a little brother, a bigger brother, excuse me, not a little brother. So, you know, didn't know that. And I think about that now, today, that if he was born... I possibly couldn't be here or I'm, you know, you never know, but things happen for a reason and it'd be cool to have a bigger brother to lead on and, you know, borrow some money from him sometimes and, you know, see his family, his life and everything, how that worked out for him. And any parent that loses a child after the, even miscarried while you're in labor or before you, um, or you're stillborn, or you're having a baby and they die immediately, or or during life, or whatever. It's it's a t- it's, it's a tough circumstance, but that's the, that's the one thing I wish I would have I wish would have never happened that my older brother 
died so young. I mean, he, he didn't have a chance to have a first word or first step or kindergarten pictures or prom, anything like that. So that's, that's a sad thing for me to think about today with my parents. What they what they had to deal with, with with the loss of a child, but that's where my thoughts are at, at this present moment. I mean, right now at six oh seven p.m. on Thanksgiving, I'm gonna get to my mom and my relationship with her and everything. Well, just think about it, just. I never met my older brother and it sucks. But, but we'll move on. We'll move on. Like I said, it's going to be a different form on this episode because I might be a little bit everywhere, but I'm, I'm telling tell the story. So you know how I do. So stick with me. If I sound a little stuffy, I'm, um, yeah, I be crying today, everything, but my nose been stopped up real bad. Yeah. Try to taste decongestants and it's not helping right now, so. But, um. Back to when I was born. I was sick. I was in the hospital because my insides were not right. I have a scar that is. All takes up almost. If you look at the left quadrant of my body, it takes up half that quadrant. And. I'm, I'm, a, I'm lucky to be here. Um, I was just, just. This is a story they told me. Um, I'm going to tell you. My dad was in the military, just started in the military, and he was being stationed in, I want to say, Arizona. And they had to leave me with my grandmother. She is still living, which is my mom's mom in Cairo. That's one of the hardest things for a mother to do is leave their one child that they thought always going to die with the, with someone else that's cared for because I was too sick to go in to travel and they didn't want to take any chances of of anything having to be in a, in a foreign place or whatever like in Arizona it's not foreign but it'd be foreign to them or whatever so Whenever I was see my grandma, I want to talk to me. You're my baby. You're my son. You're my baby. Because she she literally raised me my first couple of years of my life when my mom was my, with my dad. While he was being stationed everywhere. And they didn't want to move me. And that's the first thing I want to talk about is the sacrifice. Like when my dad was in the military and everything, sacrificed 22, 22 years to serve for this country but the sacrifice of a mother to give up a newborn child for two years to her mother to care for him that's one of the biggest sacrifices of all that, that anybody can talk about and I I did of course I was a baby I didn't know nothing of the time until they told me the stories and all that stuff so and it's Look, like I said, it's a lot of memories flooding back to me now. I think just thinking about that. 
go forward a few years. Um, just when you think about what I think about the things she did to have to work so many hours. Her being sick at such a young age with um, kidney disease where she a disease where she was, her body produces too much calcium where they had to take out three to have her lymph nodes and it's still producing too much calcium. Uh, as a child, I think I can remember, I remember this vividly. Like I was like 10 years old. We was in Cairo, of course. Uh, I never knew my mom to drink. She daughter told her to drink some beer to pass kidney stones. She, calcium, of course, too much build up of calcium, especially if you do that, you have kidney stones. My mom would keep kidney stones and, and, and they're not pleasant. So, I saw her drinking beer one time. I was like, why are you drinking beer, mom? She, um, she said it for the doctor told me to drink beer to try to pass these kidney stones. And if you do, she kept kidney stones built up in there. It's just hard to break down. And just let me tell you how much of a walking miracle she was from her for 30 years at minimum, for 20 for 20 to her 50s. My sister told me this today when I was talking to her. You know, just think about think about mom and everything. She said the doctors told her my mom should have should have should have had renal failure by the time she left her 20s. She didn't have to deal with that to her fifties, so that's a to me that's that's just astonishing that she did everything she could do until it just got to a point where she couldn't she could keep up, where system just failed her, to where she had to go on dialysis. I remember this twenty ten. Like I said, excuse me for my nose being stopped up. Just the sacrifice and the and the. The resilience just to continue to deal with that right there. Uh, just deal with something that right, deal with that right there is just, uh, just astonishing. Just for her, yeah. So, guys, I'll be all over the place. I just tell a couple. Of just tell some stories that I remember about her and just with her health issues and still do still taking care of us and we didn't know no better because we were young we didn't, we didn't know what she was dealing with she never told us and I, that's another part of the story we'll get to later on you know your parents you think when you're a child you think your parents are superman and wonder woman because they're invincible and they don't get sick they get happy and they keep you happy. Don't let you worry about the things that you shouldn't be worried about. And it's it's amazing to me that we all do that with our parents because we want to make sure all of our kids don't have to worry about the things that we have to worry about as adults until they're ready to handle it. My thing is for me, I see that now. And with my kids, I make sure that I, I, I'm keeping 100 with them. I tell them everything. Like when my mom, she really was sick when I went to see her ICU back in October. I wanted to, uh, I, I was honest with her. I told her, laid it down, everything that was wrong with her. I'm, I'm going to get to that in a few minutes. But a protector. So we have resiliency sacrificing a protector. 
just keep, just keep those three things on, on your mind right there. And I'll be right back with some more of the story about my mom. So my dad being in the military, he was stationed everywhere. Like he was in Japan and Korea. He didn't want to move us all those places. So for the, for a good part of my life, I could say I was in Virginia from 82 to 85, I believe. Then in Cairo from 86 to 88, somewhere around there. And we moved to California in 87, the middle of the year. My dad got stationed in California. So we moved all the way to California. That's when, of course, I, you know, I was in band. Well, I was, go back a little bit. I was in sixth grade, I want to say. That was at Washington Middle School, if I remember correctly. Uh, I wanted to play saxophone. They started me on drums. I didn't want to play drums. I, wanted, I just didn't want to do it. So I, I ended up getting a drum set. Not a drum set, but a snare drum to, you know, take the practice and work on. I didn't like it too much. So then, moved to California, tried to play trumpet. That lasts about a week or two. My dad played trumpet in high school, so I tried to um, you know, follow follow him when he played trumpet. I couldn't do it. Band director like, what you do? I want to play saxophone. Once he gave me saxophone, um, this was seven, my seventh grade year. It was like, it was a natural fit. You know, at that time, I think my mom was working part-time. My dad was on, on the bass, of course, and, you know, got band of the year for all um, seventh grade. I was shot that one. I really was. They expect to win. So my dad got stationed in Virginia. This is right around the Gulf War. He had to do two tours. So we had to move back cross country back to Virginia. I like living in Virginia. I really did. Um, hey, my dad was Put overseas with two tours. So, my boss working at Hardy's. Short, long, long hours. But I have a band and they have a whore. So, one day, she comes home and say, Hey, you want to join over work? And I got my first. First sax, she got my first saxophone. Um, it's a Yamaha YAS 23, a student model, of course. I had that horn for 30 years. I held on long as to it, long as possible. I passed it on to my daughter Layla. And uh, her band director said, This horn is can't do it anymore. It's, it's done what it's supposed to do. You got to get a new horn. And um, somewhere in Henry County, they donated a new horn to, to Layla. And they took my horn. Looking back at, it, back at it now, I'm sad they have my whore. But just think about 30 years having that whore. Now, of course, I got different whores over the years, but I always kept that whore. My, my wife, we were dating, got it uh, overhauled for me. It still kind of wouldn't play. It was so old. It was sometime play, sometime not. But I kept it because it was sentimental because that was my first whore. That my mom sacrificed for me. My mom protected my gift. So.
think about her whole life what she's went through like she's don't know her she met her father I might be telling too much family business but um if you see my mom she is real high yellow and you kind of know what that means uh her her half brother Jacko the comedian he'll be my uncle if y'all ever heard of Jacko who's been on BET Comic View that's my uncle never do that till a couple years ago like a couple years ago, like eight, nine years ago. Um, fast forward, moved to, moved to Atlanta. My dad said, I want to retire, but he got stand to do two more years in California. He wanted to do 22 to go ahead and retire. So she sacrificed some more, working long hours and come home tired, go to work at 4 in the morning, come home 12, 1 at night. They had to get back up, be to work at 5. Work 5, 6 days a week. Be resilient in everything that she did. By her working so much and providing for us, that showed me what a work ethic should look like. That's why I go so hard at everything I do. That's why I work so hard because I've seen her work. To her feet hurt so bad she can't even stand on her feet. To where she'll fall asleep in the kitchen while watching TV, watching her westerns. I could be telling family secrets about it things that about um, the things she dealt with as a child the racism she dealt with or or the abuse but she but she stayed in front of it she stayed the course she stayed resilient she still loved her family She loved me and my sister. She loved my dad. She still has a pillow with this t-shirt on it. It's not my husband. It's, it's my RV. Ever since he died, that t-shirt has been by her side. Almost for three years, she sleeps. She slept with a pillow next to her. That was her friend. My mom and dad met when they were in uh, kindergarten. And he told her, I'm going to marry you. And she's like, yeah. And 60 years later, they're still together. All, into, all up until February 13th, 2019, where he died. But for her working so hard, literally put her on dialysis. My dad uh, was working as a manager of the hotel. So I walked in and shot him eight times. He survived that. She neglected her own health to take care of him. And she ended up going on dialysis. 11 years ago. Because the because of the um, overcalcification. I forgot the name of the disease. It's, if somebody's listened to it, let me know what it is. But. She. Uh, 
Let's choose a dial. This is all the way to 2014, September the 14th and September the 7th. I believe it was the 14th. She had a transplant. You kidding it. Now, one thing about my mom, she did everything the doctors told her to do. Told her, don't eat this. Can't eat it like this. You can eat this, but you can't eat it like this. Uh, you can't. You can eat. You can't eat scrambled eggs because they're not all the way done. You can eat a a, a burnt egg, a burnt steak, or a well done steak. You gotta have it fully cooked so that way your kidneys won't be affected by it. So that way you'll be able to trans. You have a tra uh, transplant. She bought everything to the teeth. Got a transplant 2014. It's like a new lease of life for her. I always thought that I would lose my mom before my dad. I never would have thought I lost my dad before my mom. Um, I've always, I always thought my mom would die first because of her health issues. But um, she was resilient. Even when she stopped working, every time I tried, I needed something as a grown man because you know we all can't do it on our own. Let's not fake it. We still need help from our parents. She still provided. She still protected us. That protected word I keep saying because she protected us from a lot of stuff when she was a young adult, while we were kids. That she told us this stuff after my dad passed. Some of the stuff I seen up close. And it made me resent some things. Um, and I'm thankful for the way she, I'm thankful for the way she protected us because I think that would change our whole trajectory by, uh, by 180 degrees to a point where I can tell you a little bit of this. There was a point in April of 90, 1995 my sister came out my room and asked me, my boss moved, boss moved to Carol, are you going with us? She's leaving dad. At the time, I thought I was being selfish. At the time, my sister was thinking that also. I'm like, I'm about to graduate in a month and a half. It doesn't make sense for me to leave right now. It just wouldn't make any sense. So... So I thought I made a wrong decision. I, after my dad died, I, I remember this conversation because my wife was right there with me. And I, I told her how I felt about that. She's like, you weren't being yourself. You did the right thing. I didn't need confirmation or anything like that because well, she gave it to me. Because she's trying to protect herself. And by being the resilient woman that she was, she protected our family. She sacrificed. She has given more sacrifice than I can ever imagine for anybody to give. For what she's, what she gave for sixty six years. And today is just, it hurts to see that the way her body shut down on her the last three and a half months.
back to the store for regards to my housekeeping items. When I switched to Harry County, I I want to be closer to her, spend more time with her, because I just didn't want to be by myself in the house. I know my sister moved in, so that kind of she moved. My sister moved in like in April 2020, 2020 April June, somewhere around there, right around the the, the beginning of the pandemic. I was gonna stay. We, we my, my wife, we were thinking about staying up here for a few months, then find a place to move up here. Pandemic happened. At that time, I did not see my mom for for sixteen months. Sixteen months, I could call, Facetime, but not could I literally hug her? Could I hold her hand? Could I literally look at her? Could I eat her cooking? One thing that she could do was cook. But I'm still, I don't have a red velvet recipe for those that uh, no mama missed in. Okay, well, I got a story for y'all on that one too. And it'll help me give my final thoughts. Once they had a vaccine for the for COVID-19, we already knew that we can't keep living in fear. We want to get back to some semblance of a regular life. So we all got the vaccine. Our kids got it. Cause we want to see my ball, and when, the, when my kids saw her, it was just peace to see her. At the time, she had picked up a a job, just to make some extra money or whatnot. Came home for work. She left work early. She was sick. Went to the hospital. She was there for a couple months. They said it was a COVID, but she had double pneumonia. It was COVID. It was deep in the lungs. By being in a hospital, she could take an anti-rejection medicine for, for her kidney. Had a ventilator down throat, so she should do speech therapy. So she was in the hospital all the way to October 1st, October 2nd. She was in therapy for three weeks. Try to start back walking on her own. Was home October 19th to call her on the 21st. My sister was here helping her uh, reacclimate re to the house. We must have tried to figure out how we're going to take care of her and what we need to do. A few days later, my mom was incoherent, was not able to um, answer the questions, talking crazy. So, she went back to the hospital. They did some more deep dives on her. She, she had a two, meter, two centimeter tumor on her brain, heart aneurysm, issues with the bone marrow, of course the kidneys are shut down, her new kidney shut down, so she had to be on Dallas for the rest of her life, um, rectal, renal, more renal failure, rectal bleeding from a colon, she had surgery about a week and a half ago, uh, to try to heal that, sepsis, she had sepsis for her thigh, that's why she went to the hospital the first time. She had a, uh, in a, in a thigh, and wound it would heal, so she ended up going to the hospital for that. So while she's been in the hospital, she had sepsis in the lung, pneumonia in the left lung, blood clot or two blood clots on the top of the lower part of her left lung, but not in the center. Blood pressure was dropping, could not stabilize the blood pressure. Uh, got to a point where they had to give her some medicine to uh, to, to thin the blood out to, 
the 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 pressure for her for her uh, heart. They'll stay before a little while. So my plan was this week to come up here on Thanksgiving to see her. And my sister called me and said, Mom is up. Regular heartbeat is uh, I'm headed up now, like I'm getting in the shower. I was in the shower about five, six minutes. My uh, wife called, like, I answered my phone. Uh, so my sister called my wife and said she's gone. I just had to, I just flashed back to when I got the call about my dad. I remember this day, February 13, 2019, out of, I was at the PBS coaches meeting. My mom called twice. I'm thinking like, I don't know, maybe she forgot I'm at work. Maybe she, it wasn't nothing serious. I didn't think nothing of it. But when my sister called though, she told me like, dad, dad's not responsible. He's, in the, he's going to the hospital. So I left. Got my, got my two youngest kids. They was in school. He has a leash there. They went Fort Valley. So he packed a bag, a small, quick little bag. Got to Atlanta. When I got to the hospital, he died. This kind of reminds me of that because I never got you to say goodbye. I saw her after her surgery for a couple minutes. I spent a few hours with her uh, October twenty, October 30th. Spent some time with her before I went to Vegas for conference. So all in all, I see my mom in the last two years. I've seen her seven times because of COVID. And COVID got her in the in the long game. And she was vaccinated. That's the crazy thing. I think she took the Johnson Johnson. got part three covered up right after this. So, there's so many stories I could tell. I'm going to say a funny one for my final thought. But, today's just been tough. I know y'all expected to listen about, um, best practice for school counseling and some anecdotes and some good stories and everything but I just wanted to talk about just my mom and what she meant to me she I didn't get to all the stories where where I was drum major at Tri-City High School uh, it's 94 first home game of the year first first game of the year is a home game uh, you know if you know Tri-City we did march in tuxedos sometimes tuxedos we had about a couple different uniforms and what first game we'll do a tuxedo. We need it for homecoming and uh, that and whatever. Other times we might need it. Of course, the woman that she was provided. Money for me to get it. And, you know, I thought she had to work all day. 7 to 11, 7 to 12. So... 
I expect her to be there because I know she worked, and that's what you know. We were the, we were we were a two parent home, but we had a single parent household. But they were still stationed in California at the time. So it's ninety four September. I think August. I think it was. What's it was. Uh, in the, in the August, we're going to Labor Day weekend. So we did a halftime show. Came out to the stands. I see somebody wearing a blue jean, blue jeans, blue jean coat and shirt. And in the stands, it was my mom. I was so happy to see her and see her there. While I was at Drummage of Fort Valley, her and my dad and my sister came and my niece, Charlie. She was a baby then, so she she remember half that stuff. If you know my Charlie, my niece Charlie, she was so crazy. I can fake fake. I can fake fake. I mean, I love her to death. She's, I love her so much. Um, and I still play because my mom bought me my first war. I did Christmas concerts every year from 2010 to this year. Um, Still gonna do it this year. She's been to every concert except two. Last year, because of the pandemic, I think another one she was sick. And I know this year it's gonna be different. Doing my concert, knowing that she's not there. Um, third row, left center, left center aisle. First seat on the on the row. Did not see her there. It sucks that my mom died on Thanksgiving. It, it really does. Just the last couple of years have been hard. Death of my dad, pandemic. It really sucks, and for those out there, just remember the family member that died on Thanksgiving or died on this specific day. I think I had a high school friend that graduated, uh, Kayvon Smith. Her mom died on this exact day. Uh, it sucks. It really does. I don't wish nobody to go through anything what we're going through right now in my house. Four grandchildren are 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 sad. A daughter-in-law is sad. A sister is sad. A son-in-law is sad. A grand, another granddaughter is sad. That woman that took care of me when I was a baby for two years, her mother, she's still here. So she has to bear a daughter next week. She's over 90 years old. It sucks. It hurts. As I tell my kids about grief, and anger, and anxiety, those things that deal with grief are still going to happen. It doesn't care where you're at, what time of day it is, or where you're at, or how you, how you look at it. If you look at clean. Or if you missed it, they don't care how you look, what it's going to do, what it's going to do.
I'll be back with my housekeeping. This is the part of the show where I say, you know, the housekeeping idols and everything. Of course, you can follow me on the Twitter at Fade the PSC. You can follow me on Weebly at Fade the Counselor You can also follow me on the Council Connection with Fade Mix on Facebook. You can listen to the podcast on Anchor, where you can also follow the show that way. Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and however you get your podcast. It's just a tough day. Uh, if you listen to my podcast, my first year, first second year, talk about I was still dealing with the death of my dad a couple years ago. That was more of a shock. But uh, this is, uh, I'm a little bit more at peace. But I'll get to that. Uh, as you heard of my thoughts with my mom, you know, it is what it is. She's at peace now. She's resting. Um, I'm going to have a final thought. Um, I'll be right back. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. Like I said, it's dedicated to my mom. My party shot was in my three parts that I did. Um, I don't have anything to add at this moment, but... Um, Take care of yourself. Um, hug on those those family members at Thanksgiving tonight, and I'm out.